This is 400 Plus. I'm Mark Sims. My guest is Bamami Obadeli. Mr. Obadeli is a community community organizer here in the city of Chicago. <laughs> Obadeli, what's up, man? Hey, good morning, Mark. How are you? I'm going great, man. I was saying earlier before we went on. Obadeli, I, Mr. Obadeli, I barely, and I mean barely, remember, remember interviewing you and the great Jay Marvin from WLS Radio. You probably oh, wow. remember that more than I, because you, you said, you told me it was an 89. I can't even remember, man. You remember Jay, that interview on Jay public Marvin. access? Yeah, yeah that, was, that was back before I went to Africa and came back and changed my name. Uh, it was Paris Thompson back then, but I was a vivid, avid listener to Jay Marvin, who questioned conventional wisdom and authority. Uh, what? Well, uh, he he would say some off the wall things, but he was but he was so correct in so many uh, spaces. Um, but yeah, I I'm, I'm I was um, a vivid listener to talk radio. Um, I think that's how I ended up uh, you know meeting you and discovering you from listening and you call in and then start following you on Can TV and your show and uh, you know kind of the rest is history. So um, thanks for having me on this morning. So we're gonna. I'm gonna ask my favorite question. I always ask guests, and then and when you in your answer, talk about you and what you're doing, all that kind of stuff. Here's the question, Mr. Obadelli, how or, or when, how or when, whatever we citizens Chicago, going to end this crime? I mean, dramatically reduce the crime, end the crime, if you will, as we know it here in the city of Chicago. Well, you know, Mark, it's a it's a great question. You know, as a um, 25-plus-year uh, organizer um, socially and politically um, around a myriad of, um, of issues, socioeconomic issues, um, it's going to take an investment, right? Um, it's kind of a, in a holistic approach. And uh, really thinking outside of the box, you know, you have, you know, there's there's some range between 15 to 20 communities, right, within out of the 77 that we have that are extremely violent. And and in many of those communities, you can see where there's been a people that has been marginalized. And I'm talking about black folks for the most part, because the brown community, where they have peaks and valleys of, of violence, is not at the level um, that, that happens in the black community. And, and I'm talking every weekend in this city that you, you have, um, you know, 80 percent of the shootings and the murders happen in um, on the south and west side. But they're in they're in communities where there's majority black people that are living there. And and you can also go and point to the lack of investment in those communities where there's object poverty. I'm talking about generational poverty. So um, we have to go in and, and, and use a public health approach to address it. It's going to take everybody. Law enforcement has a role. So I'm not a defund the police type of person. I am for investing in our community. Um, the, the educational system has a role. The church has a role. And um, the family and community has a role. Um, and that community makes up of business and government, right? And so I believe with a, a, an investment, a minimum of a million dollars per community. So we're talking about $20 million to invest in the community, taking um, and, and targeting high-risk individuals, targeting them for comprehensive services, all-around services, um, whether there's intervention, whether there's counseling, whether there's workforce development, um, mental health services, and job placement, right? And then parenting classes um, for, 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 for low-income parents um, who may struggle. And we talked about this, you know, before we started the, the, 
the um, podcast this morning on really how do you raise children um, in this day and time. And and when you find that you have generational poverty that is taking place, there's a, there's a mindset that's been developed. So we have to change mindsets, mindsets and community norms. So I think I'm saying uh, to you, Mark, a million dollar investment minimally in each one of these communities is a starting point. I will say this to you though: I know the mayor gets a lot of criticism and even some from me, um, but I appreciate the fact she's been the first mayor. Um, that I know of um, that has invested in the Office of Violence Prevention and created the staff and allocated money from the city budget to it. I, I believe this year it will almost reach $36 million. Now, the question becomes, who's the money going to? That, that, that becomes a bigger, broader uh, question, and what is it being spent on? Um, but I, I, I commend the mayor for at least taking that step towards making that investment. Oh, but Deli, you, you, I mean, I, I, and I agree with the mayor. I haven't seen her since she was on the campaign trail. I'll run into her soon. Hopefully have on the damn, on the podcast here. Uh, they are probably what, 10 to 20% people who are really, really hardened criminals who need to be in jail. You have silly criminals that just, you know, just do stupid stuff. Then you have some crazy criminals and some people are mentally ill. I got it. And some people just hardened criminals. So we should be able to target those people. We know where they live. You know, we know who they are. And of course, we, the police have to wait for them to commit crime. I get that. So I'm talking about prevention. How do we prevent? I mean, from literacy, getting people jobs, teaching people morals. And, and then we're just left with those crazy, hardcore criminals that need incarceration or incarceration or to be in a mental institution for yeah. life. I mean, well, this should Mark, be, this should be that- easy to do, man. Yeah, well, so I, 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 you know, I take issue with your, that your, your, your adage that they're just hardened criminals and people that need to be in jail. I, I will say this: uh, certainly, people need to be held accountable for anything that they do. And so, I don't believe that people wake up and decide that they want to be criminals. Now, again, I think that you know, when you, when you, again, you know, just think about this. You know, we, we're only we're only you know fifty years removed from um, segregation, Jim Crow, and we we never really addressed the issue of the structural violence that's, that and and structural racism um, that was put upon our people. Now, in spite of that, some of us, some of us, Mark, we slip through the cracks, right? We make it as individuals, but the whole is greater than the part. Um, we have people who've been trapped in this cycle, two generations of object poverty, right? And so for those, we need to go in, we need to try to assist them, we need to try to help them. And, um, you know, and if that doesn't work, then we need to look at, you know, some form of, 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 of incarceration, perhaps, um, for those who just will not accept um, a, a path um, to civility. But I think we got to go in and make that that offer. I think we have to go in and struggle with our people um, to to help them. Listen, I don't think that it's going to change overnight. It's 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 going to be long struggle and sacrifice. I do agree with you that um, people shouldn't have to be in fear in their community. Seniors and children should be able to go out and play 
in their backyard and 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 a father should be able to take his child to um McDonald's if he wants to get a happy meal without the risk of you know someone following him and, and shooting him i agree and then we you know we 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 the black community we're we're dealing with violence in internal external problems you know we we have these over policing and under policing in some instances and then we have you know just violent actors in our community um from the level of fratricism um or some people call it intercommunal uh violence you know that 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 when we portray a perpetrate upon each other. Um, I still say that um, with the right investment and changing the mindsets of our people, our communities will get better. I, I Listen, I, I don't think it's no mistake why you don't have the level of uh, intercommunal violence in white communities, and even to that extent in the Latino community. I would say, again, um, there's pockets, but not at the levels that's happening in the black community, because you can only look at how people was brought here and how they were taught and 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 how they've been um the community has been um deprived economically educationally you know and and black men you know we are a marginalized um a group of of, of people as a whole now, i'm not talking about individuals some of us make it you know mark but as a whole the black man is a marginalized uh, uh uh individual and when you look at the unemployment numbers among black Black men, and and I'm talking about 18 to 36. Just take that. They said 40 percent. I mean, that's ridiculous. And then you want to blame them from being violent um, because of there's the circumstances in their community. So again, I don't believe that people wake up and decide they're going to be criminals. I think it's learned behavior. I think that some of it is forced on them. And I think those of us who know um, need to be sounding the alarm to try to assist and help our people overcome that part of it. I don't excuse, I don't excuse any behavior. I don't uh, make excuses for violent acts. I'm saying that, you know, we have to struggle with our people uh, to get better. Well, you would agree. Uh, you know how we are. You, uh, you, you're all, I believe you're almost 50 years old. So you've been around. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the point is that, you know, we still arguing on, on any, in a low grade level, who's black and how to be black. You know what I'm saying? Because we're all not the same. It's different black folks. It's, it's, high, it's the you know, elite and the bourgeois and the middle class, the lower middle class. And we all have certain values. It was a time, as you well know, we had to live amongst each other. Well, them days been long gone. So some people, I mean, low income, I'm still in the hood uh, because my house is paid for. But I don't associate with folks in the hood because my values are a little bit different. So when I come in with my values and people like me come in with their values, bourgeois values, whatever you want to call them, they like, what's wrong with you? That ain't going to work. And the people say, forget you. I'm moving up uh, Madison. I'm moving back down south. Forget you, Negroes in Chicago. You're not worth saving. You would agree that a lot of us, for good reason, have abandoned that abandoned uh, what you call that uh, subculture or underclass? You would agree that with that, right, Obadelli? Yeah, well, I, I agree that there's a subculture among uh, among us that that is not in line with the core values of Black people. I know that that they're certainly even different from me being raised in public housing. Um, you know, by my grandmother, things have certainly um, have changed. The mindset and value system is totally different. And, and I'm going to be frank with you. Um, Mark, I would agree with you to this point. We, I would say this, we really don't have a black youth problem. We have a black adult problem, right? So we, again, I talk about the second generational. We have the mindset of some black adults. Um, it's just so, so dangerously, um, 
um, it's so dangerous in their thinking um, that 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 they it, it spills off onto our young people. Um, the level of guidance that they give them, and that's because of their mindset and their mentality. So I would agree with you to that point. But but I would also say I live in the community too. I live right down on uh, South Indiana in Washington Park. So trust me when I tell you. Uh, I'm not an owner, I'm a renter, and uh, I'm paying some new, in my opinion, ridiculous rent to live, you know, next door to where there's, uh, you know, open-air drug markets from time to time, and the shootings take place. Now, my level of advocacy, I try to go out there and talk to the young brothers, and and, and I work with the um, local community people as a community to, to kind of push some of that activity away, but okay, we've pushed them off our block. They've just gone further south. So now they're, they're not at the corner of 56 in Indiana. Now they're down at 58 or 59. So, I, I mean, and, and so the, the point of the matter is this, is that, you know, we have to continue to struggle. It's going to take all of us in the in the communities. I, again, it's going to take law enforcement. It's going to take business. It's going to take government to solve the problem that we are faced with in our communities. It's, it's no one approach. There's many roads to freedom, in my opinion. Um, but doing nothing is not a responsible uh, 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 response to me. And, and just locking them up is not a responsible response. We, we, they tried that in the 80s with the crime bill, right? Because the crack dealing and the open-air drug markets and the gang-style murders that were taking place. So the response was lock them all up, put them away. Even our current president now, Mr. Biden, testified on the Senate floor. floor well, that, I know you, people know bill. about the crime, but that was a long time ago. But I, 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 let me just have you in this program. I cannot, uh-huh. thank, you enough, I cannot thank you enough, Obadelli, for being on the show. No, I know the you, point about mass incarceration, though, Mark, I wanted to get at. Yeah, but, okay, yeah, but you know, so it's, a, it it's an old trite conversation. But go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. I just wanted to tell you how mass incarceration didn't work. It just created. It, it we, we 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 know that because the because the, the real deal is very is very basic. It's about family. If you have a family, and of course capitalism, if you have a family with a, some sta- a stable, some money coming in, and some values, it's going to be okay. But if you don't have enough money, you don't have enough values. It's going to be trouble. It's very simple. So I can't think you enough to be a, uh, being a guest on the program. But so in the show, in this podcast episode. Obadelli with a, some hope, man. Are we going to be talking about this 10, 20 years from now, man? Well, I hope not. I, I hope, I hope, I hope that, you know, listen, I believe, Mark, this is the right time. Um, we have 64 black elected officials in very key positions across this state. For the first time, we have a black speaker in the house. We have a, a black lieutenant governor with some authority. Um, we have a black mayor again, something we never thought that we would have. We have the black chairman of the budget in the city of Chicago. We have a black county board president. We have a black state attorney. My point to you is this, uh, and, and to the listeners of this, and, and for Chicago and for Illinois, this is some time to really shape public policy where we're going to make an economic impact, an economic and social real impact on our communities to rebuild them and to reinstitute the concept of family and building men and women to become productive citizens. Um, I know that people say, well, everybody should just, you know, that's natural. They should know it. Well, they don't. I just told you that you know, many of these people are cycling through second um, generational 
of, of poverty. You got grandmothers that are uh, 42 years old, younger than me, that's got 20-year-old daughters with three- and four-year-old babies, right? And so, or, or even worse, you, you, you have, you know, grandmothers that are 45 with teenage grandsons. 14 and 15, that are violent. They were raised, you know, they were just raised in communities where, again, they were violent communities and it's learned behaviors from the uncle, from the fathers, from the, the cousins. So you have these cycles. And so hopefully, I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful with the number of elected officials, with the policies that have been passed, with the work that's being done, that we will not be talking about how violent Chicago is 10 years from now or even five years from now. But you got to do what the other cities have done. L.A. County, New York, they made an investment. They made an investment up to 50 to $60 million in those cities to change those communities around. And you can go and look at those studies. How did the crime go down in New York and in Los Angeles? Now, it's still there, but it's not as prodigious as it was before. You know, they, they, they used to have seven, 800 murders, and now they're down to 100 and 200. I believe we can get to that that space here in Chicago. You've got to make the investment in these communities. These communities have been, our communities have been economically divested into and deprived. And once you make that investment and you put people on the ground with credible messages to help people change their mindset, because again, it's about the mindset, Mark, changing mindsets and community norms, I think we'll see a better outcome.